Hi guys, it's Claire, and this is Body, Birth and Beyond. This is the no bullshit fitness meets midwifery podcast that you need in your life if you are currently trying to conceive, if you're pregnant, or if you've recently had a baby. So grab yourself a cuppa and get stuck in because boy, have I got some content for you. Hi my babes, welcome back to episode nine. Thank you very much if you are a returning listener. And if you're new here, welcome. This is Body, Birth and Beyond. And this is the midwife-led fitness podcast where I am hopefully going to educate you and empower you to live a really healthy, happy pregnancy, um, safe in the knowledge that you can make the decisions that are gonna be right for you and your growing body and your growing baby. So in this episode, I'm actually gonna answer some Instagram questions. I obviously did answer these on Instagram, but it's nice to do this in podcast form sometimes just so that I can go into a little bit more detail. Um, Some of these topics are really nuanced. And so it's nice to be able to, yeah, just explain them a bit more in depth and kind of have a bit more of a conversation around them. And as always, if anyone has any questions off the back of this, please don't hesitate to let me know. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. So the first question I had was about whether it's safe to take creatine in pregnancy. So before I answer this, I'm going to just talk a little bit about what creatine is, because I think possibly some people might not know. Um, So yeah, I'll explain it. So basically creatine is a naturally occurring chemical that's found in the human body. And we primarily use it for producing energy in our muscles. So the body uses creatine to make a compound called adenosine triphosphate. Don't worry, you don't need to remember any of this. This is just an overview of what creatine is. Um, I'm gonna shorten adenosine triphosphate to ATP. So ATP is what gives us energy for really high intensity work. So by increasing our stores of creatine via supplementation, the body can maintain higher levels of ATP for longer periods of time, which leads to greater training intensity and subsequently a better quality of workout. And studies show that there are increases in strength and muscle building as well with creatine supplementation. Now we do of course get creatine from some food sources and we do produce a bit of it in our body naturally, as I said. Foods that we get it from largely are like meat and fish sources. So people who are vegetarian or vegan will definitely benefit from supplementing with creatine if they are training. Um, 95% of creatine in the body is stored in skeletal muscle and the other 5% primarily being found in the brain, cardiac and smooth muscle. And in terms of a supplement, creatine is one of the most widely researched supplements that we have. And we know that for non-pregnant adults, it is completely safe to take. The recommended dose is three to five grams per day, every day. And you won't take it and all of a sudden notice this massive increase in being able to lift really heavy in the gym you won't all of a sudden feel like you can flip over a car or you won't all of a sudden get massive muscles it will be subtle but it will absolutely make a difference to your training and the amount of volume and load that you're able to lift and therefore it will benefit you in that way studies have also shown as well that there are different cognitive 
benefits it's shown to improve um, neurological function offer protection against muscle wastage and improve vascular function as well so that's what creatine is and that's why we advise that people supplement with it as fitness trainers that's why i supplement with it and that's why i advise a lot of my clients supplement with it however there are some people that shouldn't take creatine if you have any significant kidney or liver issues then you probably shouldn't take it and if you really want to take it you definitely need to speak to your healthcare provider about whether it's safe for you to do so based on your medical history and if you're pregnant unfortunately we just don't know what the impact will be on your baby throughout pregnancy now there have been studies done on rodents and it is thought that creatine might actually help like brain development for your baby amongst some other things but obviously these studies have been performed on rats or mice and it's then very difficult to generalize that to the human population and say definitely whether it's safe or not as with a lot of things in pregnancy as frustrating as it is we just don't have the human studies because it wouldn't be ethical to do those sorts of studies on humans knowing that there could potentially be adverse outcomes now if you want to take creatine during your pregnancy, what I would advise you do is have a look at the research yourself and speak to your midwife or obstetrician about their opinion. I would say probably speak to an obstetrician rather than a midwife. And absolutely no disrespect to midwives. I love midwives. I am a midwife. A lot of my best friends are midwives and we do know our stuff about a lot of things. However, your midwife is unlikely to know the ins and outs of what creatine is and does and how supplementing with it will affect the body unless she's a fitness trainer like me. Um, so you're probably better placed to ask a doctor if you want to take it in pregnancy. So no, we don't have the research to say, yes, it's safe. So I wouldn't advise anybody who's pregnant to take it, but it's it could definitely be down to personal preference. I do know people who've taken it during pregnancy. Um, and yeah, with as with anything, speak to your doctor if it's something that you really want to do in pregnancy. If you feel like you're well-researched and you're well-read around the subject, you understand the risks and the benefits for a non-pregnant person, go and speak to your obstetrician about it and have a conversation with them. And just to add to that, because there may well be other conditions that you've got going on in your pregnancy that would actually mean taking creatine would be a no-no. So speak to your obstetrician. But that's the research on it or not the research on it because we don't have it. The next question is, should I be giving up caffeine and alcohol when we've just started trying to conceive? So the recommended amount for caffeine during pregnancy is 200 milligrams a day. So anyone who's trying to conceive, I would always say, if you really want to have a baby and you want to get your body in the best possible physical condition in order to be able to conceive and to have the best outcomes for your baby, I would definitely be reducing my caffeine intake to 200 milligrams a day pre-pregnancy while I'm trying to conceive because you know there's always that period of like 
five, six weeks where you don't know whether you're pregnant potentially, where the sperm has met the egg, it's fertilized the egg, the egg's traveling down the fallopian tube, it's embedding in the wall of the uterus, the cells are rapidly dividing and the most important parts of your baby are forming in those really early weeks. Uh, so I would definitely limit to 200 milligrams a day, which is what is known to be safe in pregnancy, but you absolutely don't need to cut it out completely. Um, with caffeine, a normal, a normal, I say a normal cup of coffee, an instant coffee that you would make at home has around 100 milligrams of caffeine in it. If you're getting caf uh, coffees from coffee shops, a bit more of a bougie thing going on there, it's likely to have more caffeine, but you can check in the coffee shop that you go into. Um, tea has around 75 milligrams of caffeine in, and I think, I should have just looked at this, but I think off the top of my head, like Diet Coke and stuff has around 40 to 60 milligrams of caffeine in. So you can spend your caffeine however you like, but I would say if you are trying to conceive and you really want to get your body in the best possible place, limit your caffeine to the 200 milligrams a day. And then in terms of alcohol, there is lots of research to suggest that alcohol intake while you're trying to conceive could reduce the effectiveness of being able to conceive. So cutting out alcohol is always only going to be a good thing. And again, you have that period of time where you don't know whether you're pregnant or not, whether like maybe you've conceived or maybe you haven't. And if you are drinking heavily in that time, you will be putting your baby at significant risk of something called fetal alcohol uh, spectrum disorders, which is a whole host of different things that can happen in your baby's development that are caused by alcohol intake. So yeah, I think if you're trying to conceive, just cut, cut the alcohol out. Like you can always come back to alcohol after you've had a baby, your alcohol will still be there. But if having you know, a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby is important to you, I would say just cut it out. The next question um, said, hi, I'm interested to know about scar healing and tummy shape after C-section. Thank you. So the first part to this is the scar healing. And what you need to know about scar healing when you have a C-section is that obviously they're not just cutting through your skin. There's actually seven layers of tissue that get cut or opened or torn during a c-section and they are your skin the layer of subcutaneous fat that you have underneath your skin something called the fascia which is connective tissue then the abdominal muscles and the peritoneum which is more connective tissue um the uterus and then finally the amniotic sac as well so there's seven layers that they've got to cut through and seven, well, not including the amniotic sac because that comes out with the baby. But then there's all of those layers of tissue that need to heal and repair. And that will take longer than it looks probably. Um, and probably longer than you feel as well. So it's quite normal that after around six weeks, you'll probably be feeling a bit more normal again, a bit more like your old self. You'll have less pain. You'll probably feel like you can move a bit more. Um, yeah, and just kind of back, back to normal a little bit, but you still must be aware that there's probably still some internal healing going on there as well. Most women who've had a C-section, I mean, it really depends. If you have a really straightforward C-section, no complications, 
you could probably look to be returning to exercise around sort of six to eight weeks after the birth of your baby but when I say exercise I mean like really gentle exercise we're talking very gentle core work lots of pelvic floor stuff nothing strenuous functional exercises that are going to help you things like body weighted squats to help you get up and down off the sofa and in and out of bed that sort of thing and really you must be seen by a doctor or ideally a women's health specialist physio who can assess you properly and say yes you've healed enough that we can get back to doing some exercise and they can also help you look at other things like your pelvic floor um, and how much attention that is going to need post the birth of your baby. Now I know this wasn't really about exercise this was just more about scar healing so things that are going to help with scar healing are making sure that you're keeping the area really nice and clean. If you get an infection in your c-section wound you will prolong the healing process because then your body has to fight off the infection before it can finish healing all of that tissue. So making sure that if you're touching your scar like if you have to touch it then you are washing your hands thoroughly before um that you're not wearing any clothing or underwear that's going to rub along the line of your scar and irritate it and if you have other little children as well that they're not coming and putting their lovely sticky germy hands all over you near where you've got a wound So it's all about keeping it clean and really minimizing the risks of infection because that will help it heal much quicker. And then in terms of tummy shape, so I actually messaged this lady or said to this lady to message me because I wasn't 100% sure um, what she meant by tummy shape. So she followed it up with a DM and she said, I mean that my tummy looks so different now. Um, It has what I've heard people call quote unquote the pouch and it just looks more quote unquote lumpy than it did before. I knew it would change but not sure I was as prepared as I thought. This is really common so you're not alone in feeling shocked at the way that your body's changed and what happens when you have a cesarean section is obviously the tissue at the bottom of your abdomen is brought back together and sometimes it can be a little uneven and a little bit lumpy but generally with time it will settle if you have excess body fat then sometimes I mean even if you don't have excess body fat you can get quote unquote like the pouch but that will that should settle but if you have a lot of excess body fat the pouch or sometimes it's referred to as the apron it's referred to as different things but it can be more prominent so if you're in a position where you think actually I do have some excess body fat excess stored energy and I would like to use that and get rid of it then putting yourself into an energy deficit will help reduce the size of the pouch probably the other thing to think about again and I know I say it all the time and I hope it doesn't sound like I'm being lazy as a coach or a midwife but rather that I just know my scope of practice but if you can access a women's health physio specialist they again will be able to look at your scar and assess it they'll assess like how 
well it moves and like how tight it is and things like that and they might because they will be able to look at it and see it they might be able to advise you more clearly about what you can do for the quote-unquote pouch the lumpiness as as the tissues heal and settle and it depends what you've been sutured with so if you've been sutured with something called vicral which is like a thread it's a suture material um that's usually dissolvable and as the the tissues heal and the stitches dissolve you might find some of the lumpiness goes away if you've had staples which is more uncommon now in the uk we do have it see it sometimes but not very often then again like once the staples come out and your tissues are able to settle kind of back into each other and heal the lumpiness should go down um, and again the same with removable stitches so definitely give it time don't be too hard on yourself what I would say is remember that like you've grown a whole human right and you've birthed that human whether you've birthed that human vaginally or whether you've birthed that human via c-section you have grown and birthed a whole fucking human and that my friend is a really big deal and your body has to change a lot in order to be able to accommodate that human and to birth that human. And it takes time then to recover from that. You know, it takes nine months for your body to change and grow your baby. So it's gonna take that, if not longer, for you to recover because the road to recovery is always a bit longer, right? So I hope that makes sense and I hope that's sort of helpful. It's really normal for people to feel like their bodies have changed, like their abdomen is a bit lumpy after they've had a C-section. It will settle. I would always seek advice from a women's health specialist physio. Um, And if you're worried about infection or anything, get and see your doctor ASAP. The next question was, I'm heavier than I was in any other pregnancy and I've just found out... I'm assuming just found out I'm pregnant, um, where to start to safely lose fat. So I have talked about this before in my podcast. So sorry if this sounds a little bit like me being a broken record, but I'm happy to repeat myself as many times as people need because not everyone will hear everything at the same time. So what we know about fat loss in pregnancy is that we don't know a lot about it. We don't, again, have the research to say whether or not it's safe to get yourself into a targeted fat loss phase during pregnancy. We do know that being significantly overweight in pregnancy poses risks for you and your baby. Risks that if you can minimize in any way will be really beneficial. So the advice is that you don't go into kind of a targeted fat loss phase, but what you can do is really consider your nutrition. You don't need to eat for two during pregnancy and you don't need to increase your energy intake right until towards the very end of pregnancy. And probably if you're significantly overweight, you don't need to increase your energy intake at all. You need to think about eating lots of fruit and veg, focusing on whole foods, minimizing highly processed foods where possible. Thinking about increasing your protein intake slightly because growing a baby will put like increased protein requirements on your body um and also increasing your iron intake and getting an iron rich diet where you can because of course when you're pregnant you're at slightly increased risk of anemia which is where you have low iron so getting iron rich foods is really important 
So considering all of those sorts of things around your food and also then what movement can you do in pregnancy? What do you feel up to doing? Can you go out for some nice walks? Can you do some yoga? Can you do weightlifting during pregnancy? If you enjoy running, can you do some running during pregnancy or some cycling or something? Think about ways that you can move and nourish your body that are going to be really beneficial and help contain some of the gestational weight gain that will happen and that will help reduce some of your risks. But unfortunately, um, we just don't have the research to know whether or not it's safe to enter into a targeted fat loss phase while you're pregnant. And then the final question was, I'm 37 weeks pregnant and just stopped exercise classes. Amazing, by the way. Um, As it got too much, how long after birth can I start? So again, it depends on what type of birth you have. If you have a fairly straightforward vaginal birth, minimal, you know, complications and you feel well afterwards, you can get back to exercise fairly soon. For anybody, whether you've had a C-section or a vaginal birth or like a forceps or a bontus of any kind, you want to think about starting your pelvic floor exercises in your connection breath, your diaphragmatic breathing, where you try and connect with your pelvic floor. You want to do that ASAP. I'm talking like in the days following birth, right? In terms of moving it on further than that, Again, if you've had like a largely uncomplicated vaginal birth, you can probably think about moving it on within a couple of weeks, starting to do some like, introduce some more core work, some lighter body weight exercises. And then, you know, after about six weeks, you again, you can progress that, perhaps introduce some weights, introduce some more like bigger compound exercises that maybe you wouldn't have wanted to do before but it's all about like gradually increasing and assessing as you go along don't go throwing yourself in at the deep end because what you don't want to do is overdo it and either injure yourself or cause yourself more harm so it's always about really like listening to your body and assessing as you're going along I say it all the time, but your body is like the best diary that you can keep to tell you what's going on. So if something doesn't feel right, then it probably isn't right. If you're doing high impact exercise after you've had a baby and you're finding that you're leaking urine or you're passing wind without being able to control it, then you need to strip it right back and take it back to basics and work on your pelvic floor. Um, And if you've had a more complicated birth if you've had a c-section you know i mentioned before in this video in this video (laughs) in this podcast that you want to be thinking about healing time and it's probably going to be like six weeks ish but actually on an internal level possibly longer than that most women will get cleared for exercise after about six to eight weeks but again if you can get an appointment with a physio who is a women's health specialist physio or a pelvic health specialist physio, they will be able to assess you on a much more detailed and intricate level and give you really tailored specific advice to you. And of course, if you're not sure what to do or where to start, you can always contact me for coaching as well. So I coach antenatal and postnatal clients And I will always have an in-depth chat with my clients about what kind of birth they've had, what risk factors were there, were there any complications, how are they feeling now? And I can do an assessment as well. And we then build a plan from there. Gosh, this was a little long one today. So I hope 
that that's helpful and interesting. I love the questions you guys send me on my Instagram. Um, it keeps me busy. It keeps the old brain busy. It challenges me sometimes, which I love. So keep them coming. If you have any questions um, or you want to talk to me about coaching off the back of this, then please don't hesitate to get in contact with me. Keep listening for details of where you can find my Instagram and my website. And I will look forward to seeing you in the next one. If you're interested to know more about body, birth and beyond, then come and find me on Instagram at bodybirthbeyond and slide into my DMs for a little chat or visit my website coachedbyclaire.com. Both will be linked in the show notes. 